This is Vanguard of Hollywood's Week Before Christmas special. I'm Shannon Allen. We'll start with the answer to yesterday's trivia question. The question was, what actor was meant for the Danny Kaye role in White Christmas, but had to drop out after contracting Q fever? While it's true that Fred Astaire was first offered the role, the answer to today's question is Donald O'Connor. After a breakthrough performance in the 1950 film Francis, the story of a soldier befriended by a talking mule, Donald O'Connor was contractually obligated to make one Francis film a year through 1955. Unfortunately, he contracted Q fever from the mule during Francis filming in 1953 and was too sick to make White Christmas. As O'Connor remembered, quote, Bob Alton, the White Christmas choreographer, had already put a lot of the choreography together for me, but I got this strange disease and the doctors couldn't diagnose it, and it turned out to be Q fever. They waited two months for me. I was terribly disappointed. You can see the movements used for Danny Kay look like something I would have done. Unquote. Though it's hard to picture anyone but Danny Kay in the role, Donald O'Connor would have been an amazing dance partner for Vera Ellen, Who's the topic of today's episode? The first seven listeners to answer the question correctly were Maria Cisneros, that's four out of four Maria, well done, Jill Packard, John Wynn, John Davidson, Ashley Carr, Cassie Smith, and Travis Whitney. Well done, guys. Thanks for submitting your answers, and check your email today for a free copy of my ebook, The Classic Hollywood Cleanse. Now, join me as I go behind one of Classic Hollywood's most persistent questions. Was Vera Ellen anorexic in White Christmas? Vera Ellen is arguably Classic Hollywood's greatest all-around dancer. Tap, jazz, ballet, acrobatics, Vera Ellen did it all. One of six dancers to partner with both Fred Astaire and Gene Kelly on screen, Vera Ellen's ability to adapt to the style of her partner, while still holding her own, was unrivaled. None of Vera's contemporaries could quite match her versatility, grace, charisma, power, and energy on the dance floor. But Vera Ellen's talent is often overshadowed by questions about her, at times, seemingly emaciated figure. In her later films and television appearances, Vera's spare frame distracts from her beautiful dancing. Her alarmingly thin appearance, particularly in White Christmas, has fans perennially asking, was Vera Ellen anorexic? We'll never definitively know. Vera Ellen was never treated or observed by a medical professional for the disorder during her lifetime. But analysis of Vera Ellen's life reveals a woman whose relationship with food and body image was complicated. Hopefully, by presenting the facts, fans of Vera Ellen, and of White Christmas in particular, can lay questions about her figure to rest and instead focus on Vera Ellen's beautiful dancing. From the influence of her mother, to Vera Ellen's own words and documented habits, to the observations of her friends, family, and co-workers, here's what we know about Vera Ellen's sometimes shockingly slender frame. Vera Ellen's mother, Alma Rowe, was perhaps the greatest influence in her daughter's life. 
Vera Ellen Rowe was born on February 16, 1921. The Ohio native was a small child. By age nine, Vera Ellen was a full head shorter than her peers. Alma believed that exercise would help strengthen her diminutive daughter and enrolled Vera Ellen in dance lessons. It soon became apparent that young Vera was a natural. As Vera Ellen later remembered, quote, I was called a bookish child. My mother sent me to a ballet teacher in Cincinnati when I was nine years old. When I found out I liked to dance and people seemed to like to watch me, I was determined to go places, unquote. By age 12, the petite, adorably pudgy Vera was a star student at Hessler's Dance Studio in Cincinnati, where young Doris Marianne Kapiloff, who'd one day become Doris Day, was a classmate. Vera's talent and skill were extraordinary, and her mother knew it. But when the 12-year-old was selected to be chief majorette of her school's band, Alma decided that Vera's baby fat was unacceptable. Alma Rowe put her preteen daughter on an extreme diet. The incredibly strict code of eating that young Vera was now expected to follow called for the avoidance of salt, bread, cereals, pasta, grapefruit, and lemon. Foods Vera was permitted to consume included stewed fruit, overcooked lima beans, sour milk, and a cocktail of water, apple cider vinegar, and honey. It was one of many diets that Alma put Vera Allen on throughout her preteen and teenage years. A classmate at Norwood High School remembered that Mrs. Rowe was desperate to keep her daughter small and insisted on feeding her pink bananas. Though it's unclear why Alma believed a diet rich in pink bananas would accomplish this goal, the act is indicative of the extreme measures Alma was willing to implement in order to keep her daughter small and trim. By the time Vera Ellen entered 10th grade in 1936, she was near emaciated. At age 16, she was 4 feet 6 inches tall and weighed 76 pounds. Alma's diets had achieved the desired effect. The unhealthy emphasis Alma Rowe placed on being thin and the extreme diet she prescribed her daughter at a young age shaped Vera Ellen's eating habits and body image for the rest of her life. As a glamorous Hollywood movie star, the pressure Vera Ellen put on herself to be thin would grow stronger each year. But in her early Broadway career and film work, Vera Ellen maintained a healthy and at times even plump figure. In 1936, 15-year-old Vera Ellen and her mother left Ohio for Broadway. Alma, it seemed, was just as set on a successful dancing career for her daughter as Vera was. The two women lived together in New York until 1941, when Vera married fellow Broadway dancer Robert Hightower. With the marriage, 20-year-old Vera lived in a home separate from her mother for the first time. Photos of Vera during her marriage to Hightower show a young woman of a slim but healthy size. Actress Betty Garrett, who'd later star with Vera in 1949's On the Town, saw Vera Ellen perform in her fifth Broadway play, 1943's The Connecticut Yankee. Garrett remembered how different the dancer on stage was from the dancer she'd work with six years later. Quote, I thought she was so adorable, this bouncy and joyous and slightly plump little person. She wasn't so pencil thin as she got later on. She was wonderful in that show. 
unquote. Broadway actor Jim Slater was a neighbor of the Hightowers in 1944. Similar to Garrett, Slater recalled that, at the time, Vera Ellen wasn't overly slim. Unlike most of the dancers Slater encountered, Vera Ellen was, quote, rounded out and very feminine, a really stunning woman with a fresh, beautiful look, unquote. It seems that, away from her mother's constant presence, Vera Ellen was comfortable allowing her body to attain and maintain a healthy weight. Vera maintained a healthy size until her husband went into the military service. By this time, the Hightower marriage was in trouble. Divorce would follow in 1946, but in the meantime, Vera Ellen and her mother left the Broadway stage for Hollywood movies. By the time Vera Ellen and her mother arrived in Hollywood to film 1945's Wonder Man, Vera Ellen's weight had dropped again. Now at her full height of 5 feet 4 and a half inches, Vera estimated that at the time she weighed 95 pounds. The stress of Broadway, coupled with her crumbling marriage, had taken a toll. But once in California, it didn't take long for Vera's weight to rebound. As Vera Ellen shared shortly after arriving in Hollywood, quote, I was so thin in New York, about 95 pounds. Since coming to Hollywood, I've gained to the point where I have to be on the careful side. Picture work is easier on the nerves, I guess, than the stage, unquote. By her next film, 1946's The Kid from Brooklyn, Vera had reached a curvaceous, healthy weight. Vera maintained this size for her next two films, 1946's Three Little Girls in Blue and 1947's Carnival in Costa Rica. Watching the curvaceous Vera Ellen in these early films, it's hard to imagine the shockingly svelte star she'd become by White Christmas in 1954. Visit my website, vanguardofhollywood.com, to watch the young Vera Ellen dance in her early films. When Vera signed with MGM, she was told in no uncertain terms to slim down. In particular, the studio cruelly named Vera's thighs as a quote-unquote problem area. Fellow MGM star Debbie Reynolds remembered how brutal MGM was to Vera Ellen about her body. Quote, Vera Ellen was told that she was too fat, that her top thighs were too heavy. No matter how she exercised, the fat remained. Vera Ellen was never fat, but she was insecure and wanted to please, so she believed them, which was the worst thing she could have done. She cut back on her food intake. After that, she drank coffee all day and ate only a steak and a vegetable at night. Unquote. When Gene Kelly selected Vera Ellen to dance with him in the now classic Slaughter on 10th Avenue sequence in 1948's Words and Music, Vera was determined to be a success and make her new studio happy. During long hours of rehearsals, the weight seemed to drip off and Vera's costumes had to be taken in. Despite the dramatic weight loss, Vera Ellen's size was not unhealthy. She more or less maintained the slim but not overly slim size in her next five films through 1952's The Belle of New York. Still, MGM's weight loss demands made Vera Ellen acutely aware of the size of her thighs. Vera's own words at the time indicate that MGM started, or at least exacerbated, a self-consciousness about her legs. As Vera said in the late 1940s, quote, 
I used to be skinny when I was working on the stage. Then I gained weight after arriving in Hollywood. It must have been the California climate. I've trimmed down since. When I gain weight, there's the threat that I may grow muscle-bound in my legs, and I won't have that. I've learned that the best prevention is to raise your feet to a high level whenever you're not working. Even when I go to a picture theater, I rest my feet in my escort's lap. Unquote. Though Vera maintained a slim, healthy size from 1948 to 1952, friends and coworkers observed behavior that was alternately strange and alarming. Debbie Reynolds remembered that Vera really did try to keep her feet elevated when not working. As Debbie observed at the MGM hair salon, quote, Vera Ellen would be sitting with her legs up, but never with her feet crossed at the ankle because it hurt circulation, unquote. Betty Garrett, Vera's co-star in Words and Music and On the Town, remembered that Vera Ellen seemed preoccupied with her weight, quote, she was darling sweet and dedicated, and yet a strange girl. She did little socialization and had an obsession about her weight. When I knew her, she was determined to lose weight, and there was no necessity for her to diet. She worked hard all day, and she got so thin. I think now that she may have been suffering from anorexia. She was obsessed with her bone structure and kept trying to change herself somehow. She was different from the person I remember on the stage from Connecticut Yankee. Unquote. Fred Astaire recalled that during filming of 1952's The Bell of New York, Vera Ellen seemed to have an obsession with her cheeks. Quote, she was poking her cheeks in with her fingers all day long. She'd bend over to let the blood flow to her head. She had certain ideas about how she wanted her face to look. I thought she looked pretty good. Unquote. Jean Kelly shared that Vera Ellen always lost weight during a big production number because she drove herself relentlessly. Choreographer David Lober, who danced with Vera in 1951's Happy Go Lovely, seconded Kelly's observations. According to Lober, despite her hard work at dance rehearsals, Vera Ellen wouldn't fuel her body with the food it needed. Quote, She was a private type of individual with several idiosyncrasies. It was her habit to eat one soda cracker and drink coffee during the day. Then she'd eat at night. She was concerned about her legs appearing heavy. Between her willingness to work and her self-destructive diet, she ran herself into the ground. Because of her fatigue, one section of a dance took 26 takes. Five or six are normally more than enough. Unquote. The most eccentric habit to manifest during Vera Ellen's MGM years was the practice of wrapping her legs in saran wrap. She'd wrap her legs after performing and before exercise and dance classes. Vera Ellen believed that the extra sweating caused by the saran wrap would help reduce the size of her legs. She sought opportunities to exercise with her legs wrapped and at one point became an avid lawnmower. With her saran-wrapped legs, Vera Ellen would volunteer to mow the lawns of her neighbors. 1953's Call Me Madam was the first film in which Vera Ellen appears unhealthily slim. Some call her spare figure in the film emaciated. Vera's extreme weight loss before and during the picture may have been triggered by the disappointing failure of her previous film, 1952's The Bell of New York. It may also be that 
After years of implementing the practices observed by her MGM peers, Vera's beautiful face and body were beginning to show signs of strain. Whatever the reason, the contrast between Vera's appearance in Call Me Madam and her earlier MGM films is startling. Call Me Madam director Walter Lang noticed a 10-pound weight loss in Vera Ellen during dance rehearsals. Lang attempted to help Vera gain weight by providing her with high-calorie snacks on set, but Vera wished to maintain her now 100-pound figure. As her friend, producer A.C. Lyles remembered, by this time in her career, Vera Ellen preferred to be as light as possible for her dance numbers. Quote, she was very careful about her diet, and she always thought she danced better when she was thinner. Unquote. Vera's second husband, Victor Rothschild, agreed with Lyle's observation. Quote, she liked to be as light as possible when dancing. Normally, she weighed about 108 pounds, and when she danced, she wanted to be at a lighter weight, under 100 pounds. Unquote. Vera's desire to be as light as possible for her film musicals may have become an unhealthy goal. As Vera shared at the time of Call Me Madam, quote, I work to keep my energy. I can keep this energy up until sunrise. You don't need fat for endurance. It's so nice to be thin. My feet scarcely seem to touch the ground when I dance, unquote. Fan magazines of the time also began taking note of Vera Ellen's slighter-than-ever frame. As the magazine Screen Life offered, Vera's quest for artistic perfection had caused her to lose too much weight. While Vera Ellen's weight would rebound slightly for her next film, the 1953 non-musical Big Leaguer, by the time filming of White Christmas began in September of 1953, Vera Ellen was once again alarmingly thin. As Dorothy Manners of the Los Angeles Examiner wrote after viewing the film, quote, Although Vera Ellen insists it's delightful dancing when you're light, some viewers of both Call Me Madam and White Christmas are inclined to believe that she's taken slimness to the point of skinniness. Unquote. Fans of White Christmas offer strong opinions as to whether or not Vera Ellen was anorexic during filming. While it can't be definitively said that Vera was anorexic at the time, her figure is shockingly slim in the film. Rumors abound as to why Vera Ellen's neck and chest are covered throughout White Christmas. It's been claimed that White Christmas costume designer Edith Head kept Vera Ellen's neck and chest covered to hide Vera's prematurely aging décolletage. Considering Vera Ellen's low weight at the time, it's possible. We do know that Edith Head was constantly making adjustments to Vera's White Christmas wardrobe. As A.C. Lyles remembered, quote, Vera Ellen worked so hard on White Christmas that as the picture progressed, Edith Head had to revamp the wardrobe by continuing to take her costumes in because she lost a lot of weight. Unquote. Edith Head's primary goal as the costume designer on White Christmas was to make the stars, particularly the female stars, look their glamorous best. Edith designed costumes that would flatter Vera Ellen and Rosemary Clooney, costumes that would accentuate their assets and hide their flaws. With Vera Ellen being so slight during filming of White Christmas, 
Edith would have sought to highlight Vera's legs, her healthiest looking feature at the time, and to cover her upper body, which audiences may have found uncomfortably slim if left exposed. It's possible, as some fans argue, that Vera's high necklines in White Christmas are nothing more than evidence of her personal fashion preferences. But it's unlikely. Vera Ellen did wear high necklines off-camera, but her second husband, Victor Rothschild, insisted that Vera never enjoyed wearing them. As Victor put it, quote, She was easy to live with apart from not liking high collars and liking to elevate her feet to improve circulation. Unquote. If Vera Ellen disliked high necklines, it's doubtful she chose to wear them in White Christmas out of a fashion preference. At times in her life when Vera Ellen maintained a healthier size, her neck and chest were often exposed, as they are in the 1953 film Big Leaguer, and at the September 1954 premiere of A Star is Born, about nine months after White Christmas filming wrapped. In both instances, Vera Ellen is at a healthier size than she was in White Christmas, and her décolletage does not look prematurely aged or overly thin. After White Christmas, Vera Ellen made one more feature film and performed in a handful of television shows. In each, she's extremely thin and her neck and chest are always at least partially covered. Vera Ellen retreated from public life after the tragic loss of her three-month-old daughter to SIDS in 1963. After divorcing Victor Rothschild in 1966, it's telling that, despite Alma Rose pleadings, Vera Ellen chose not to live with her mother again. Almost to the day she died, Vera Ellen continued dancing, attending classes at Michelle Panieff's prestigious ballet academy in Los Angeles. Classmates remember her as a sweet, kind, emaciated woman who often wrapped her body in saran wrap before class. At the time of her death from ovarian cancer in 1981, the 60-year-old Vera Ellen weighed 75 pounds, the same as she'd weighed at age 16. Debbie Reynolds believed that the extreme diet and exercise habits Vera Ellen formed at MGM, at least in part, contributed to her early death. According to Reynolds, quote, that regimen of coffee all day and only a steak and a vegetable at night started Vera Ellen on a road to deeper, more intractable psychological problems. Her life eventually turned into a tragedy, and the diet killed her. Unquote. Was Vera Ellen anorexic? Was she anorexic during White Christmas? We'll never definitively know. Vera Ellen's thin frame in White Christmas is impossible to ignore, but so is her extraordinary dancing. Whether tapping a mile a minute in the choreography number, kicking her legs to unbelievable heights in Mandy, dancing with passionate energy in the Abraham number, or looking impossibly graceful in her pink chiffon as she sweeps Danny Kaye off his feet, Vera Ellen's legacy from White Christmas should be her dancing. Let's appreciate the struggles of the woman behind the slight figure and remember Vera Ellen for the dynamic, unrivaled dancer she was. Thank you for listening. 
For delicious recipes and all things classic Hollywood, visit my website, vanguardofhollywood.com. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening from. 